TSMC has released its third quarter financial results. Consolidated revenue stood at 546.73 NT billion, marking a 10.8% yearly decrease, but a 13.7 quarter a percent quarterly increase. Net income was 211 NT billion, down 24.9% year on year, but up more than 16% from quarter two. The chipmaker's gross margin was better than expected at 54.3%. Earnings per share also beat projections at 8.14 NT. According to CFO Wendell Huang, 70% of this year's capital expenditures will be on advanced process technology. TSMC expects that another 20% will focus on mature and specialized nodes. The remaining 10% will be on developing advanced packaging technologies and mask services. At the 12 ITRI laureate ceremony, the Industrial Technology Research Institute honored four people for their contributions to ICT or biomedicine. They are Adventech Chair Casey Liu, National Taiwan University Hospital Superintendent Wu Mingxian, Pegatron Chair Tong Zixian, and Peter Chen, the Chair of KISTA. The four laureates were recognized at the ceremony by President Tsai Ing-wen. President Tsai Ing-wen bestows a medal and a plaque. At the 12th ITRI Laureate Ceremony, the Industrial Technology Research Institute unveiled four honorees. They are all in their 60s or 70s, so younger generations had better step up. Until the next generation can pick up the baton, I ask you to please hold on and stay in your posts. President Tsai urged the laureates not to rush into retirement. They are Adventech Chair Casey Liu, National Taiwan University Hospital Superintendent Wu Mingxian, Pegatron Chair Tong Zixian, and Peter Chen, the chair of KISDA. They were honored for their outstanding contributions in the biomedicine or ICT sectors. While the company's own growth is an important matter, once a company is grown, it should also contribute its wisdom, knowledge and resources to society and to other industries. The sacred mountain that protects the nation is our ICT industry. Moving forward, we hope to promote aging in place and lojas. The four laureates can make huge contributions to Taiwan in these fields. In addition to honoring the laureates, ITRI held a special exhibition. It showcased more than 10 of its innovations that are aimed at building a better future. We at ITRI developed the 2035 Technology Strategy and Roadmap, which lays out our R&D direction for the coming decade or more. Today's exhibition features our R&D achievements in the Roadmap's four domains, in addition to smart technologies. ITRI celebrates its 50th anniversary this year. With the contributions of its laureates and its years of R&D accomplishments, ITRI aims to continue to drive Taiwan's economic transformation to help the nation's industries shine bright on the global stage. Our camera turns now to a first look at the new Taipei campaign headquarters of DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde. FTV went on an exclusive tour of the office, which is conveniently located at number 135 Hanshen East Road in Banqiao District. It has a direct view of new Taipei City Hall and is just a five-minute walk away. The new office pops with a bright, fun aesthetic. There's an office space next door that's perfect for throwing campaign events. 
lawmakers Yu Tian and Wu Bing Rei attended the grand opening, declaring that if the DPP wins New Taipei, it wins the election. Lai is scheduled to hold a rally in New Taipei on November 4th. The venue will be at Banqiao First Stadium, which can seat 30,000 people. The KMT and the Taiwan People's Party still don't see eye to eye on how to partner up in the election. Almost a week after their first meeting, the two parties are continuing to feud in public. In the latest development, a member of Hoyo Yi's campaign team blamed the deadlock on the TPP, accusing the party of being unwilling to compromise. Take it easy. Will the KMT and TPP partner for the election? Talks remain at an impasse, with the two sides still clashing over how to choose a presidential candidate. A diver who is always thinking of sharks won't get any pearls. They say they won't compromise, and we can't accept that. Of course, the responsibility lies with the TPP. The talks are no longer about setting up a system. They are just about merging with another party or making it so Ke doesn't stand a chance at getting elected. If that's the only option, then of course it will be very unlikely that we'll move forward with cooperating. Negotiations between aides have appeared to break down. Could a face-to-face meeting between Ho Youi and Ke Wen just solve the deadlock? If each party continues insisting on doing things its own way, what difference would it make to have the two candidates speak? What troubles us more is Ke's willingness and attitude, whether he's sure. The time frame is not too big of a deal, as long as there is sincerity. With each side viewing the other with suspicion, the prospect of an alliance is growing increasingly distant. A Pingdong hamburger chef is running a round-the-country burger truck and picking up fans nationwide. The truck serves a famous 15-inch burger that's enough to feed a whole family. It's a regular visitor at Pingdong's orphanages, where Cheng Weichang teaches kids how to make their own burgers. As the truck makes its way all around the country, he's enjoying taking his time and enjoying the sights. He's joined by his assistant, a former orphanage resident who is getting to travel while picking up job skills for life. A super thick three centimeter patty sizzles on the grill, then lettuce, onion, and tomato join it on a bread roll. The truck serves up gigantic 15 inch jumbo burgers with eight patties inside. Every day, they give one of these giants away to a random lucky customer. Actually, to be honest, I love to see the customer's smiling face. It's that simple. I think I spent a bit too long in Pingdong, and I wanted to see if I could get out of Pingdong, and I thought I'd do a round-the-island trip. Pingdong native Cheng Weichang started an American-style restaurant 13 years ago, and nine years ago began his round-the-island food truck. He often takes the truck to orphanages and hopes his story can inspire other young people. First, I wanted to go to orphanages, and then I thought that making hamburgers is quite fun for them. You need to put in the work, and then you can get a delicious hamburger. That's the attitude I want to give them. My boss opened this card at the orphanage where I was living, and this year I was introduced to come and work here by the mother of a teacher at the orphanage. 
Chen teaches his employees to make hamburgers while widening their horizons. This year, Chen closed his bricks-and-mortar restaurant to have more time to dedicate to the round-the-island truck and to get to know each stop on the journey properly. People think you don't need capital to start a food truck. Let me tell you, I've spent more on the truck than I did on the restaurant, at least twice as much. To set up at a pitch in Taipei, I think expenses of 1,000 NT are good. That's still 30,000 NT over 30 days. That includes accommodation and transport costs. Nevertheless, he persists, and with his young assistant's help, serving up one delectable burger after another to customers who increasingly seek the truck out on its travels. A new food scandal has erupted after two importers were found to have labeled U.S. pork as Canadian. The opposition party is blasting the central government for, quote, failing to ensure food safety. But the government emphasizes that the mislabeled pork met safety standards for the leanness-enhancing additive rectopamine. According to Health Minister Xue Ruiyuan, the U.S. has expressed dissatisfaction on, over the suggestion that American pork is unsafe. Regarding that legally imported U.S. pork, it is indeed possible that the issue is being manipulated as a case of racto pork or toxic pork entering our borders. It could cause issues in bilateral trade. We have indeed been on the receiving end of protests from the AIT, which wondered how Taiwan could be like this. The health chief says that penalties will be imposed on the importers, but he urges that public not to label U.S. pork as unsafe, saying this could bring allegations of trade discrimination. Foreign Minister Joseph Wu says there may be political forces seeking to ma manipulate the mislabeled pork issue. Taiwan is facing an acute shortage of registered nurses. According to government data, job vacancy rates soared to their highest in a decade last year. Nurses say the problem is long hours and high-demand work environments made worse by the COVID-19 pandemic. They've put forth nine demands to improve work conditions for the rank-and-file health care staff. Nurse managers from around Taiwan stand united, raising their voices in unison. They call for better working conditions for nurses. Actually, we noticed the manpower shortage 11 years ago, but it wasn't as serious at the time. Our situation today is because of the pandemic. For many nurses, the workload over the past three years of the pandemic has been absolutely overwhelming. The nurse said that on any given day, the emergency room might see 50 to 70 patients. Due to understaffing in the patient wards, emergency room patients are forced to wait for a bed in the emergency room. This doubles the workload of emergency emergency room staff, she said. We used to have enough staff but not enough beds, but now we have beds but no staff. In many hospitals today, what used to be a 60-bed observation area is now packed with 120 beds. Nursing staff face long hours and a high-pressure work environment made worse by the pandemic. According to Health Ministry statistics, the turnover rate for nurses stood at 11.79% last year. The vacancy rate rose to 6.53%, the highest in 10 years. 
As for what nurses are most dissatisfied with, the first thing is a low salary, followed by raises that are too small, raises that come too slowly. There's also the nurse-to-patient ratio, the manpower shortage, long hours, and the shift system. The staffing shortage is largely due to the low salary, which nurses find disproportionate to the number of patients they must care for. The Taiwan Union of Nurses Association has made nine demands to improve work conditions for nurses. They include raising wages, stationing more male nurses at hospitals under the Alternative Military Service Program, and fast-tracking a law to standardize nurse-to-patient ratios for all three shifts nationwide. That's possible as long as we meet our goal, which is to reach a consensus on the nurse-to-patient ratios for the three shifts by the end of the year. Once that consensus is reached, we can start to promote the law next year. Taiwan's population is aging fast. By 2030, it will face a predicament as caregiving needs spike and a generation of nurses retires. Already, hospitals are struggling to meet patient needs with their depleted, shrinking workforce. For policymakers, it's clear that conditions for nurses must change, but fixing the problem will be a long and winding road. Pre-orders are now available for the new Taipei Fire Department's charity calendar. Now in its 16th edition, the calendar features not just firefighting heroes, but also the local baseball team and cheerleading squad. At a press event on Thursday, the firefighters joked about feeling starstruck next to the cheerleaders. Everyone prepared hard for the photo shoot, with some shedding 10 kilograms to be in top form. CPBL cheerleaders sparkle on stage, dancing to the beat. They're not here for a baseball game, but to promote their collaboration with the new Taipei Fire Department. The Fire Department's 2024 calendar not only features firefighters, but also puts baseball players and cheerleaders in the spotlight. At the station, senior firefighters told us we were smiling especially wide. That's because we had gone to the photo shoot and met the Fubon Guardians cheerleaders. We were a little shy at first, like it felt awkward to be so close. We would say, sorry, I need to touch your shoulder. And you know, they were covered in bronzer, and we'd lean on them like this. So when we pulled back, our arms would all be smudged with bronzer. The firefighter's calendar is now in its 16th edition. Previous editions featured firefighters from abroad and even basketball players. This year, Sparks flew at the photo shoot with a cheerleader climbing high up on a fire engine, striking a pose with a firefighting hero. Emily said to me, relax a little. Thanks to her, the photo shoot went smoothly. Pre-orders are now available for the charity calendar. After deducting production expenses, proceeds from the calendar will go to the city's Good Day platform. Today, we take you to meet Michael Vincent Manalo, a Filipino artist based in Taiwan. He moved to Taiwan 10 years ago and has experimented with a wide range of art mediums and won several awards. He said his artistic journey was full of hardship, but he chose to preserve and hopes to encourage others to do the same. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang caught up with Manalo at his latest exhibition to learn more about his career. Michael Vincent Manalo explains his artwork series Chasing Dreams. This painting was inspired by his art residency in Poland. Just like unexpected moments. Or... The 
painting utilizes augmented reality. After visitors download an app and swipe the QR code, the painting is presented on their mobile phone through animation or video. The AR video represents, like sometimes we have these kind of moments when we're not so sure about ourselves. Like we don't really, we're not so sure about the path that we took is correct or not. So the video that I showed earlier is kind of showing that doubt or anxiety or sometimes like those those moments when we think that like you feel like you're lost. I uh, used the same painting and just animated it. Yeah, so I just made the camera move like move back and then put like two images together like to make it more like a, like a kaleidoscope, like just viewing, looking through your soul, through yourself. This work was inspired by the beach in Jingsui, Taichung. Manalo drew these images when he was living in Taichung. Through these works, he hopes to remind viewers to chase their dreams and cherish the simple moments in their everyday lives. Most of my work is about memory and um, like nostalgia. So I always look back from where I came from. So, and there was a time in like a few years ago when I was living in the in Taizong, like somewhere in Qingshui. It's near the uh, like near the near, near the beach. So, I always ride my bike or ride a scooter near the beach. And for me, at that time, it was just an ordinary moment, just a normal moment. But then when I look at back look back at it now, I feel like that that was like a it was like a golden time for chasing dreams. For me, like everybody has their own dream, but then some people give up on it. I think because like there's so many ways, I mean factors, that's why they give up. But then I still believe that, you know, like why would you, why would you give up on your dream? You only have like one life. If you, you know, if you get to the age of being old and you're on your deathbed, you'll probably, you'll probably regret not at least trying to chase your dream. So I think for me, at least just try. Because I was there before. I was, I wanted to chase my dream, but it was not always so smooth. But then at least I tried. Yeah. Manalo is a painter and photographer from the Philippines who is now based in Taiwan. He first came to Taiwan 10 years ago. He specializes in photo manipulation and installations. His works are greatly inspired by the imagined and real memories of nostalgic and dreamlike environments. Manalo started his career as a digital painter, but due to the lack of demand for album and book covers during COVID, he started acrylic painting. I used to do digital painting before for my work. I do um, graphic design and also a lot of works for publications, for books, for example, and CD covers, album covers for bands. And then when COVID started, because like, you know, everything was not so like money-wise, you know, there was no album covers, no book covers. So there was nothing for me to do. So I decided I'm just going to try my skill in painting. I'll see if I, if I can actually paint you know, on a canvas. I'm trying to do, you know, do my best to make a name for myself in Taiwan. Manalo hopes to continue to chase his dreams and encourage others to do so. He is now showcasing his works at the studio till November 11th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hu Chong-en in Taipei. An American doctor who founded Taichung's first hospital is urging medics from Taiwan to consider service abroad. Frank Dennis, 
founded Taidong Christian Hospital in 1969 after coming to Taiwan in 1961. He dedicated himself particularly to surgery and to serving rural communities in Taidong. The doctor's contributions to reducing the harm of polio were particularly outstanding. Now the nonagenarian wants to inspire other medical professionals to also go abroad and support others who may be in need of medical expertise. I'm a general practitioner of medicine. What I love the most is when a child had been delivered and I got to place it onto its mother's belly. The founding superintendent of Taitung Christian Hospital, Frank Dennis, widely known as Father Dennis, is now 95. In 1961, he and his family moved to Taiwan and Dennis began working in surgery at Pingdong Christian Hospital. In 1965, they moved to Taitung, where he opened Baosang Clinic in Taitung City. Once it was Lunar New Year and a patient came to me with a very serious illness, which was jaundice. He had a liver pustule, a lot of belly pain, weak breathing. He obviously needed surgery. The doctors weren't willing to do it, so I said, okay, then I'll do it. That event inspired Dennis to have a new prayer for a hospital in Taidong. In 1969, Taidong Christian Hospital was built. It was, at the time, cutting edge. Over 33 years of practice, Dennis was dedicated to medicine in Taidong's rural villages. In the 60s, polio was common. In two years, Dennis operated on almost 300 children who caught the disease. Only in 1994, when he contracted arthritis in both wrists and could no longer perform surgery, did he announce his retirement. Still hale and hearty, he often challenges his son to a game of ping pong. His greatest joys in life are diving and Taiwanese snacks, but above all, his belief in serving all people. I hope that Taiwanese doctors and nurses will go abroad and help in places that are lagging, no matter what the possibilities are, using every means to go and help. Dennis once took his family to the other side of the world in his quest to spread medical expertise. Now he wants to inspire others to take up that spirit of service and go wherever they are needed.